If you listen to this on Thursday, um, happy birthday! Yeah, email me happy birthday. <laughs> Post uh, and tag us and say happy birthday to Caitlin. Yeah. K-A-I-T-L-Y-N. If you do, we'll send you a sticker. We will send you a sticker for sure, for sure, for sure. Welcome back to the Bug in a Rug podcast. As always, my name's Caitlin. As usual, I'm Whitney. And we would like to apologize for not posting last week. But... We're really sorry. We were moving. We were moving. We like to move it, move it. We like to move it, move it. Yeah. If you haven't seen Madagascar, this is really confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone knows that song. Everybody knows King Julian, I feel like. We moved really far really far away away from our old apartment like, we moved down the hallway right down the hall <laughs> but it did take a week because you guys whenever you move it's a good time to clear out your old stuff we got rid of a lot of stuff marie kondo that stuff we did well we didn't even maria Con- well yeah i did i mean i wasn't i think i was past the point of like does this spark joy i was more just like i don't need this <laughs> give give it give it away i don't need this get rid of it get rid of this <laughs> But, yeah, so we moved, so we want to apologize. Um, but we're back. We're back. And we're better Woo. than ever. Are we? <laughs> Time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> um, so, new recording space. For, first time recording. Fourth time recording. It's the same setup, place. though. Same. No, it's backwards. <laughs> it is backwards a little bit. I have a little more room, I guess. John Cena's right behind me. Mr. Clean right behind you. John Cena is on the opposite side of the table. Yeah, I think this stuff was... I think our decorations were switched. No. Yes. But anyway, anyway, we'll see how... We'll see if this space is giving us good energy. And if not, maybe we need to rearrange. We'll turn your room into the recording studio. And <laughs> we'll you come can to your sleep house. in the dining room. Oh, no, I meant your <laughs> oh, my room. room. I thought you meant the listeners. I was like, we're going to the listeners' house. No, you can sleep on the dining room table and we're turning your room into the recording studio. I area. mean, I've slept on floors before on immersion trips. Not comfy. Not comfy. There Worth was a girl it. who's a resident that I worked with who said she used to have terrible back problems for years and years. And then when she went into residency, she didn't feel like buying a bed. So she just started sleeping on the floor, and her back hasn't hurt since. <laughs> oh, does she still sleep on the floor? Yeah. Wait, really? Yeah, she said it doesn't hurt her back. So she what, she just sleeps straight, like a sleeping bag or a blanket or anything? I think like a sleeping bag, yeah. Wow, okay. Maybe like yoga mat, but... I mean, mattresses are expensive, so that makes sense. She just didn't feel like buying a bed. Oh, listen, this I don't think I told you the story. So, just so everybody knows, a new Chick-fil-A opened up. The first Chick-fil-A opened up near us. Yeah, first so many people got free food yes and listen one of the apprentices that i work with and her friend the one apprentice told me that they went and they had to spend the night like in order to get it and it was like raining and like it felt like 13 degrees outside and all this stuff well they hadn't they didn't prepare very well and she said that she didn't take a sleeping bag or anything she just took a yoga mat and like a couple blankets and she said it was awful and i was like but she stayed and now she has free chick-fil-a for a year tanacon without the free chick-fil-a we can't just bring up tanacon we weren't there <laughs> i don't know anything about tana you didn't watch shane's videos did i did but like still um anyway 
if we get this recorded and edited and posted by Thursday, and you guys listen to it on Thursday, it's your birthday. It'll be my birthday. Thursday is her birthday. And Doug's birthday and Mr. Deal's birthday. So shout out to them if they listen. Happy birthday, Caitlin's birthday buddies. Birthday buddies for life. Should I just jump into it, I guess? I have, okay, wait. Oh, I have go. no idea what's happening. Yeah. She said she had a story. Caitlin said you, Caitlin. Yes, me. For our listeners, she, Caitlin. Her. Hello. Hi. She said that she had a story and we were going to record and I said, oh, what's about it? And she said, I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you. And I said, oh, well, what topic is it? I'm not telling you. I can't tell you. And also I have an intro, which I'm not sure what. I'm getting the, to it. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a question and it has to do with moving because we just moved. Oh. So. For you, I guess, and the listeners, but it'll be too late. When you move, what is, like, the most important thing you think about when you are looking for a new space? Kittens. Whether or not the kittens can come. Yes. Uh, Keep going. Bathrooms. Okay. Location, location, location. (laughs) All right. Bedrooms. Sure. Heating. Okay. The price. Yeah. If there's a Think microwave, about it. The most important thing when I move... If you move somewhere... Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're looking for places. Mm-hmm. And you brought this up in some of the places we looked at. Number of outlets. No. Oh, that was Jack's <laughs> idea. The things... Dishwasher, washer Listen machine. to me. I'm not done. When you go somewhere and you look at it and you, you, you're really getting the feel for it, what is... The number one question that will pop into your head. Is it above the seventh floor? (laughs) Yes. But we don't really have to worry about that. (laughs) Just so you guys know, fire trucks, their ladders can't reach above the seventh floor. In most places. In most places. That's why we say that. Okay. No, no, no. I'm still guessing. I know. I'm going to give you a hint. If it's an older building. Lead pipes? Lead paint? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wait, okay, my this is going worse than It's got to do with our podcast. What is a topic that would come up? Oh, is it hot? Yes, <laughs> I did ask that in almost in every place that we looked at. I asked that, and Caitlin got mad at me because I asked the people who were showing us the apartment that, and they were like, "What?" Well, I am also a very socially awkward person not that I don't know how to carry on a conversation but if I think a question is embarrassing even if I'm not asking it I can't even be in the vicinity and I'm socially awkward in the opposite way where I'll ask dumb questions and make the situation (laughs) very awkward I can't do it and I made her so uncomfortable yeah that happens that happens happens but yeah is it haunted that's the number one question I think okay I need to make a shout out before you go any further Huh? Shout out yeah. before you go any further. Sure. Shout out to Pat and Pat's friend at Target <laughs> <laughs> who helped us in Target the other day. Oh gosh, we were buying stuff for our apartment and I needed to find something for my mom and I couldn't find it. And it was a wooden rabbit with f- small flowers on the front and it was just the outline of the rabbit, just a wooden outline um, and a cotton top, a cotton ball tail okay but let me tell it from my perspective and it took five target employees target employees to help us i walked up to a target employee because again my social cues are i'll just ask somebody and i said hey i'm looking for well i don't really know what they're called but they're like 
twist ties and you use them on your electronics cords. You didn't say twist ties, but that's fine. I, I said didn't. twist ties later. Well, he said, are they like twist ties? And I was like, yeah. I say you like use them to tie around your electronics cords to organize them. And he said, well, what are they called? I said, I literally don't know. So he's looking for that. And then his friend comes over and is like, hey, what are you looking for? And Caitlin comes over and says, hey, while you're at it, I'm looking for a white wooden rabbit and i said okay alice in wonderland and you think that's so funny and like it was (laughs) i thought it was hilarious that's a minute detail that you put in the story every time three other target employees come up and they're like what are we looking for and we said a white wooden rabbit Mm -hmm. or the twist the electronic ties yeah and pat and his friend helped us find it the two things individually. Yeah. They one found, found one, one and one found the other, yeah. And at one point, we had to go Marco Polo because we <laughs> lost We lost Pat. Pat. We couldn't <laughs> find him. But yeah, shout out to... We were also there at like 9.30 and they closed at 10, so they weren't... They, nobody else was there. They weren't helping anybody else, so... There is no... There hasn't been a Target there in 50 years. 50 years. <laughs> Pat was a ghost. <laughs> maybe he was. May, I mean, maybe a friendly ghost. Is this going to keep me up tonight? I don't know. Am I? Are you afraid of ghosts? I'm sorry. Is that a question? I'm afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> oh, no, I am. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely am. I definitely am. Um, Maybe. We'll, we'll, hopefully you'll still sleep as snug as a bug in a rug, but this might get you thinking a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. steam coming out my ears. <laughs> so our story today is about the bell witch i know it's called a witch but it's a ghost story not about we'll get to it people anyway anyway people called it the bell witch because during that time they just called anything that was like supernatural witchery or witchcraft or whatever so it's called the bell witch Mm. okay which witch is witch (laughs) i never passed english no i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, I don't okay. have a problem with which. I have a problem with its and its and a effect. A-F-F-E-C-T and effect. Yeah. I don't know when to use that. Me neither. So, we're going to talk about the bell witch. Okay? Ding dong. Okay, if you make a witch joke like that again, I will punch you It in wasn't the face. a witch joke. It was a bell joke. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to talk about some of our characters to begin with. It has to do with the family, so I'm going to introduce you to the family. Sure. So the first member of the family we're going to learn about is John Bell. His Their last name is Bell. That's where the Bell okay. which came from. So John Bell was born in Edgecombe County, North Carolina in 1750. He apprenticed as a barrel maker when he was young, but he eventually pursued a career in farming. We have to think barrel making. I feel like they use barrels for a lot of things. Wine. Hiding dead bodies. (laughs) Name one more thing. (laughs) Whiskey, wine, dead bodies. Going over Niagara Falls. (laughs) So um he eventually pursued a career in farming and he actually became really good at farming and he was known like he always his crops always did really well and Mm -hmm. um the town always looked to him as like an excellent planter. So if they needed advice they would go to him. Um, Lucy Williams was also born in Edgecombe County, North Carolina, but she was not born until 1770, so 20 years later. Mm. 
So her family was made up of wealthy planters, so they also were in the crop business. She never learned to read or write, but was often thought of as one of the most intelligent individuals in the community. So a lot of people really liked her. She was really nice, always there to give good advice. Street smart. Right, exactly. So the pair met, and then they eventually got married in 1782. He's 20 years older than her. Yeah, but she was 12 when they got married. She was 12 (laughs) when they got married, and he was 32. Okay. That happens. Wait, when was he born? 1750. Yeah. I think these are the right years. It's the 1700s, though. It probably happened all the time. Yeah. So, anyway, they married in 1782, and they began growing crops together while they started a family. He planted that seed. Stop. <laughs> we, that's inappropriate. We're already expli- explicit on iTunes. Nobody wants to hear that, though. <laughs> so they ultimately had nine children. Okay, so their children were Jesse, who was born in 1790. What? Why did no, you look I'm at me just like doing that? math. I'm seventeen. Not, she was twenty. That's not that bad. No, but he was forty. I guess he was only forty. Yeah. yeah. Calm calm down. John Bell Jr. was born in seventeen ninety-three. Drury was born in seventeen ninety-six. Then Benjamin was born, but I couldn't find a year. So Benjamin is good strong family name. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a Benjamin in our family. We have two. Um Esther. Oh, yeah. Esther was born in 1800. Zadok was born in 1803. Betsy was born in 1806. Richard was born in 1811. And Joel was born in 1813. So these are all their children. So Jaboy was like 63 when his youngest child was born. Yeah. Get it? You got a problem with that? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Well, okay. So in the midst of them having children, their cop crops actually failed a few times in the crop season so the major failures were in 1801 and again in 1804 so they were having a really hard time between these years so they actually decided to move westward Hmm. to see if they could find different land and different soil so this was like in the middle of them having kids the majority of the kids were born in north carolina and then some of them were born after they moved They settled down in the Barren Plains, which is present-day Robertson County, Tennessee. They didn't go super far, but I guess North Carolina to Tennessee in that time is, like, pretty far I hope it wasn't called that then. Yeah, it was. Why wouldn't you move there? Well, I think it was more of, like, there wasn't a lot of people there. Okay, not you can't grow crops or have babies because she (laughs) kept having babies. Yeah, yeah. I think it was more like it was kind of an empty space Mm, and nobody was there yet. This this is why I think that. They purchased and lived on a farm that consisted of 320 acres oh, wow. that stretched across the Red River. So this is now known as Adams, Tennessee. Okay. So for anybody who listens that lives in Tennessee. <laughs> There's just tornadoes that went through there last night. A lot of people died. Really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I don't watch the news or the Weather Channel. Uh, it came up on... Snapchat this morning, mm, mm. and it was on the radio. I gotcha. This guy on the radio said his parents live in Nashville, and that's where the tornadoes went through. Yeah. He's a radio announcer. Yeah, said, this is close to Nashville. This is like an hour away from Nashville, so. He said he couldn't get a hold of his parents on his cell phone, and they're like older. Yeah. And he called his dad's cell phone, no, nobody answered. He called his mom, nobody answered. 
he called the landline and they picked it up. His dad was like, hey, what's up? And he's like, are you okay? Yeah, why wouldn't I be? Have you looked outside? <laughs> and he's like, hadn't even looked out the window to see that there were literally tornadoes around. No way. And he's like, they had no idea anything had gone on. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, good for them, I guess, that yeah. they didn't. Wow. Okay. Well, this is near Nashville, so I guess okay. near that area. Relevant to the current social news, what is it? Uh, I don't know. What you're trying to get out. Uh, hip to the time. <laughs> That's not it. <laughs> I'm going to continue while you think about it. So, the, for the first 13 years that they lived in Adams, what is now Adams, Tennessee, um, they the family fit in really, really well. They actually became prominent farmers mm. in the area. Once again, he was known as like an excellent planter and people uh, came to him for advice. They became members of the Red River Baptist Church. And we're just known overall as, like, a well-liked family. Uh, Unfortunately, peace was not always known because in 1817, John Bell came across a mysterious animal sitting in his cornfield. Now, he described this creature as having the body of a dog with the head of a rabbit. He shot at the creature several times, but the animal just simply vanished into thin air. And he didn't see it after that. John Sr., Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. If I talk about the kid, I'll call him John Bell Jr. Okay, gotcha. So if I just say John or John Bell, Did that's all of your kids the dad. Survive? Yes. Hmm. That's impressive. Do you hear a lot about kids dying in early childhood in the 1700s and prior just because it was tough yeah. times. So he shot at the creature, but it vanished, and he kind of thought that was the end of it. Weird, obviously, but what are mm-hmm. you going to do? Yeah. Look out for it, I guess. So, thinking that was the end of the encounter, they just went about their normal business for the rest of the day. Um, and everything was fine, but after dinner, things took a spooky turn. Ooh. So, the family began to hear beating sounds on the outside of their home. So, it sounded like something was, like, pounding on the walls and the roof. They went out several times, like John Bell and some of the sons that were older went out several times to see if they could find a source, but they could never find anything. They didn't know what it was. These noises actually persisted for weeks, becoming increasingly worse with each night. After a few weeks, the children began waking up to what they thought were rats gnawing at their bedposts. So that's the noise they would hear, like the scratching. It'd be like under their mm-hmm. beds and on their bedposts and in the walls and things like that. Hmm. Or they would also be woken up by sheets and pillows being pulled from their beds. Wow. Whispering voices that sounded like a feeble old woman singing hymns soon followed. But this wasn't the worst of it. Oh, no. The youngest daughter, Betsy, started to have her hair pulled by an unseen force. And it quickly became more violent. She was slapped repeatedly. And these slaps would actually leave handprints or welts or bruises on her. Oh, no. Now, this happened to the rest of the family members. But for some reason, Betsy was the main victim, I guess you would say. How old was she at this time? Do you know? Oh, I'm not sure. Let's see. She was born in 1806. So she would be... Nine? Nine. Yeah. Because you said 1870s yeah. when this started happening. Nine-ish, yeah. Okay. They were actually embarrassed by these issues at first because they were part of the church. You know, they thought, what do, what will people think mm-hmm. about it? Well, it just became too much, and they became so tired of it. 
John Bell actually told his friend, who was his next-door neighbor, James Johnston, about these occurrences. So to see what John was talking about, James Johnston and his wife um, spent the night at their house to see if it would happen, to see if it was true or if Mm -hmm. it would happen while they were there. Well, to their horror, it was true. They had their bed covers removed and were slapped so many times that Johnston exclaimed, quote, in the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? There was no response. And after this happened, things died down a little bit while they were there. (laughs) I was going to say, careful what you ask. Right, right. (laughs) So the whispering voices eventually grew uh, into a full-on woman's voice. Like they could hear it loud and clear like we were having the conversation right now. It unmistakably sang certain hymns, quoted scripture, carried on intelligent conversations with some of the family members, and it actually would repeat things that had been heard in sermons earlier that day. So they would go to church that was actually 13 miles away or really far away, or they'd go places that were far away and they'd come back, and that disembodied voice would actually repeat things that they had heard earlier that day, that there's like, unless it followed them or somebody else had said it, you know, mm-hmm. no, like, how would She's it... She's going to church with them. Maybe, maybe. So stories of the home became so widespread that they had a lot of people come uh, to spend the night and to see if it was true and things like that. So uh, one of the more famous stories is actually about Andrew Jackson. Oh, the president thing. Um, He wasn't president at this time, but yes, he was general. So John Bell Jr., Drury, and Jesse had fought under General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. Okay. So word got so widespread that General Jackson, Jackson actually heard about the haunting. And since he kind of knew who they were, he decided to pay them a visit in 1819. So very, it's only two years before he came. So, mm-hmm. you know, word traveled quickly. So he came with several other men, just like a group, his entourage, quote unquote, bodyguards, whatever. Um, as they approached the property, their wagon actually stopped and it wouldn't budge no matter how much the horses pulled on it and they pushed it and they couldn't get it. Hmm. They just couldn't get it. It just stopped. There was no reason for it to stop. They could not get it to go. He was so frustrated about this that he yelled, quote, By the eternal, boys, this must be the Bell Witch. (laughs) By the eternal. By the eternal, boys. To their surprise, a female voice replied by telling them to go on to the house and she'll see them later. Oh, okay. So guess what they did? Went to the house? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Which I would not have done, but... (laughs) She invited them in. I guess. But... I mean, she didn't invite him in to be nice to him. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. After several hours of nothing happening, one of the men stood up with a pistol to proclaim loudly that he carried a silver bullet and that this silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that he came across. How does... He's not a werewolf. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. He's not a vampire. Uh, Who knows? You think that bullet stopped ghosts? (laughs) Okay, boy. Don't know. Let's see. He immediately regretted this statement because he started jerking in different directions while he screamed that he was being stuck with pins and beaten severely. She had his voodoo doll. He was swiftly kicked from the home by an invisible foot as other men watched in shock. 
a voice then boomed out saying that there is another fraud in the midst and that he would be identified the following evening. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, spaghetti <laughs> Uh-oh, spaghetti So She gonna call you out, boy. <laughs> None of the men wanted to stay, for obvious reasons. But Jackson was like, no, no, no. We're staying. I ain't scared of no ghosts. <laughs> I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. The stories um, that follow don't go into much detail of what happened the rest of that night. But Jackson's party uh, packed up quickly in the early early morning of that the next morning and uh left so they didn't wait for the to see what happened no so people think something else happened but again there's no details people just saw them leaving at like an ungodly hour in the morning so uh-oh so some other instances that happened oh so she never called anybody out that day no because they left Oh, it was one of them. I was going to say, well, it could have been John Bell. No. She meant them. that group. Mm. Why would she say that with the other parties? Witnesses. That... Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So some other instances that happened. Jesse Bell, their oldest son, John and Lucy's oldest son, um, was living in a different home. He had, like, moved out. Okay. And he returned to his home after a business trip. He would later recall that the door was open. Oh. And so he, like, went in, and, like, nobody was awake, and nobody was there. And he's like, oh, that's kind of weird that the door's open. Well, then it closed on its own. And he was like, okay, kind of weird, whatever. Maybe it was a draft. I don't know. A slight breeze. (laughs) Well, later, Lucy, the mom, was in her home, so not the same place. Mm -hmm. And she was informed by the disembodied voice that Jesse had made it... Made it back home safely from his work trip. And they had not talked. Like, nobody had talked. She was just checking on him. So this comes to an interesting point. Lucy, the mom, never had any problems with the entity. Mm -hmm. And the entity often said that she really liked Lucy. And that she was nice and liked to be around her. And she was pretty much, like, the only person that she liked. Oh, okay. Which is kind of cute. <laughs> so things like this would happen. Like, she'd be like, oh, Jesse's home safe. Or, you know, things like that. But never, was never mean to her. Hmm. Now, John Bell Jr. often had lengthy conversations with the unseen force. And the entity once claimed that he was very intelligent. Oh, thanks. So they actually talked, and I think I have a little bit more later on, but they would talk about he what he would say they'd talk about christianity they'd talk about spiritual awakening they would talk about what was going on in the world today like these big long conversations in depth current events that's what i was trying to say there you go current events now we got it we're hip to current events (laughs) so drury one of the other sons once saw a giant bird sitting on the fence um, and this occurred shortly after his father had encountered that dog-rabbit hybrid in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drury shot at this bird, but just like the dog-rabbit hybrid, it just vanished into thin air. Hmm. So Esther um, described seeing an apparition bouncing on saplings near, near the fields across from their home. Apparition of... Not I'm sure what. Not okay. sure. Not sure. So, there were a couple of reverends that came to the home to kind of see if they could, 
piece together what was going on. So John Bell actually became a deacon. Is that the right word? At mm-hmm. the Baptist church? Sure. Yeah. Well, there was, there's a long story about how he kind of got in a fight with this other guy over like a property line dispute. And then he was eventually excommunicated from being a deacon from the church. So there were like several reverends that came to help him to see if it was true. Mm-hmm. You know, some believed him, some didn't, whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, this specific one, Reverend James R. Gunn, um, came to the Bell family home. He asked the entity, quote, who are you and what do you want? He got a reply, and the reply was, quote, I am nothing but old Kate Batts' witch, here to torment old Jack Bell to his death. Jack Bell. So she, the entity for some reason, called John Bell old Jack Bell all the time. Hmm. People think it was just her making fun of him, disrespecting him, getting his name wrong. Oh. Hmm. And so... Also, she this is the first time she refers to herself as someone. So she yeah. calls herself Kat, Kate Bates. Kate Bates. It's B-A-T-T-S. So Bats, I guess. Kate Bats. Mm, yeah. So a lot of times if you look up this story, the ghost or the disembodied voice or whatever would just be um, referred to as Kate. Okay. Um, I didn't because like. She only called herself that. Some once. people don't believe that story. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. But a lot of people. Refer to this. So did he recognize the name at all? Uh, we'll get to that okay. a little bit. So he didn't in particular. Like he wasn't like I know Kate. Like none the of Reverend them were like, oh, yeah, we yeah. know her. So John Johnston is the son of James Johnston, which is the friend and neighbor that came to stay at John Bell's house the right. one time. So John Johnston would often go to the house as well, like a with his father, um, and he would converse with the entity, kind of like John Bell Jr. would. Mm -hmm. He once asked Kate, the disembodied voice, Mm -hmm. as a test, he asked what his Dutch step-grandmother in North Carolina said when one of her slaves would do something wrong. So he heard the reply, which was, quote, Hut tut, what has happened now? So hut tut is apparently like a common Dutch phrase. That means, like, oh, no, or whatever. So not many people in that area would use it. Right. Which is impressive, but also more impressive was that it was apparently in his Dutch step-grandmother's exact voice. Oh, wow. Yep. And there was, like, no reason for anybody there to know what his step-grandmother sounded like or what her phrases would be. So that was pretty impressive. Pass the test. Yeah, exactly. So Calvin Johnston is another son of James Johnston, mm-hmm. and he would also go over to the house. Brother of John. Right, brother of John. So he actually received a handshake from the entity that he described as, quote, fragile and velvety. She's all lady. Now, <laughs> John was actually jealous that he got a handshake and would often beg Kate, this disembodied voice, His this ghost. His brother John or John Bell? His brother John. <laughs> Um, he was jealous, so he wanted to ask, he would, like, ask for a handshake all the time, and the entity would be like, no, because I feel like you're just, you're just doing it to get something out of it. Like, I don't want to give you a handshake. Oh. <laughs> so, Dean was John Bell's slave, or one of his slaves. I, I don't, they don't mention any others, but uh, I'm sure they had others, honestly. Probably. Um, but he stated that he was often followed by a black dog with two heads, and other people would see this mm-hmm. um, being as well. 
Um, he also stated that he was once turned into a mule and that he had his head split open by a large rabbit at one point. And there was like a scar. Well, okay. So the mule thing, I don't really understand. But a lot of people think that whatever this being was could transform into these different animals. Right. So like the dog rabbit, Mm -hmm. the bird, um, the black dog, and the large rabbit, they all think Mm -hmm. was the same. Right. Being. Apparition. The mule, I don't know. But witches are supposed to be able to turn people into, people into animals. animals. So, I mean, maybe. There are no other accounts of anybody being turned into a mule. But also, if there were other slaves, who knows? I mean, they probably didn't take their stories down. So, an unnamed Englishman came to the home to stay because he's one of these people that were just fascinated by the story and wanted to see if it was mm-hmm. real. So the entity mimicked his voice along with the voices of his parents perfectly. And, like, his parents had never been there. They Mm -hmm. didn't live in the area. So it was just very strange for him. And he, like, left after that because he was like, I don't understand what's happening. I'm freaked out. Wow. So I have some historical accounts um, that were written that kind of describe a little bit more of what went on. But they're not necessarily, like, firsthand accounts but i thought they were interesting so i'll read them so this one is from the guidebook for tennessee which was published in 1933 by the federal government's work project administration and it says sure enough tradition says the bells were tormented for years by the malicious spirit of old kate bats john bell and his favorite daughter betsy were the principal targets toward the other members of the family the witch was either indifferent or as in the case of miss bell friendly No one ever saw her, but every visitor to the Bell home heard her all too well. Her voice, according to one person who heard it, quote, spoke at a nerve-wracking pitch when displeased, while at other times it sang and spoke in low musical tones, unquote. The spirit of old Kate led John and Betsy Bell a merry chase. She threw furniture and dishes at them. She pulled their noses, yanked their hair, poked needles into them. She yelled all night to keep them from sleeping and snatched food from their mouths at mealtime. Kate, why? (laughs) So there's one more that I thought was interesting because it kind of details a couple other things that happen. And this one's from the History of Tennessee, which was written by historian Albert Virgil Goodpasture, um, and he read this in 1886. A remarkable occurrence which attracted widespread interest was connected with the family of John Bell, who settled near what is now Adams Station about 1804. So great was the excitement that people came from hundreds of miles around to witness the manifestations of what was properly known as the Bell Witch. This witch was supposed to be some spiritual being having the voice and attributes of a woman. It was invisible to the eye, yet it would hold conversation and even shake hands with certain individuals. The freaks it performed were wonderful and seemingly designed to annoy the family. It would take the sugar from the bowls, spill the milk, take the quilts from the beds, slap and pinch the children, and then laugh at the discomfort discomfiture of its victims. At first, it was supposed to be a good spirit, but its subsequent acts, together with the curses which with which it supplemented its remarks, proved the contrary. A volume might be written concerning the performances of this wonderful being as they are now described by contemporaries and their descendants. That all this actually occurred will not be disputed, nor will a rational explanation be attempted. Hmm. So you can see by those, there are a lot of other small things that happened Mm -hmm. um, 
consistently that annoyed the family. It was like little pranks and stuff like that is what they were described as. She just was unrelenting, Mm -hmm. it sounds like. Yeah. So from those and what I said earlier, we know that Betsy was a child that received the most backlash from Mm -hmm. the entity. So um, she became the target. She was the target early on, but it became like it peaked when she began a relationship with Joshua Gardner. This was just a guy in town that she Mm -hmm. knew. And he wanted to marry her, and they actually got engaged. Well, the spirit repeatedly told Betsy not to marry the man and didn't really give an explanation, but she just didn't like him, apparently. So when they got engaged, Betsy and Joshua felt the wrath of the entity. It would follow them wherever they went, not just the house, like other places. Um, It would slap them, attack them both, pull pull Betsy's hair, just just mess with them Mm -hmm. constantly. Well, Betsy actually decided to end the engagement, and then after the, after she broke it off, the happenings decreased significantly. Hmm. She didn't really have any issues after that. Um, instead of going after Betsy after she broke off the engagement, mm-hmm. the entity actually vowed to kill John Bell himself. Wait, why? Just didn't like him, I guess. <laughs> so she is... Pleased that Betsy's not getting married now, but she's like, well, I don't have anything to do. I'll just kill John. Right. Well, if you remember what she told the reverend. She was going to torment him until he died. Until he died. Yeah, that's. She's probably tired. She's like, I'll speed this up. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, um, John Bell started to have issues swallowing and had twitching episodes in his face. And as time went on, his condition worsened and he was eventually confined to his house by 1820. Now, a lot of people think that he had Bell's palsy. Okay. Is that? Uh, so, Bell's palsy would be that you, like, one side of your face is paralyzed, and yeah. you could have some trouble swallowing as well. Um, it's like a facial paralysis. Okay. What, what I know about it is that if you raise your eyebrows and you have Bell's palsy, you won't be able to do it. But if you have a stroke... You can still raise your eyebrows, but the bottom part of your face is right, right, right. Okay. Uh, affected. Um, does it get worse? I don't know. Okay, I think it was Bell's palsy um, that it said he had. And I have to look it up, but um, that's what a lot of people think he has, based on what was written down with mm-hmm. his issue swallowing and the twitching and like face issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he got worse. He started to actually have seizures. He was confined to the house, and the entity would just like torment him. So, for example, when he would try to, like, walk, he would be tripped. Like, the entity would take oh. off his shoes and stuff, which is really mean. And then he would have seizures, and the entity would, like, slap him. Which Why is, like, is she really so mean? mean. I don't know. Um, and she would curse and chastise him repeatedly. So they could hear her voice, so she would just be really mean to him, like, all the time. So, John Bell died on December 20th, 1820, after slipping into a coma the night before. The family actually discovered a vial of an unidentified liquid um, near his bed. Hmm. And they didn't know what it was, so they gave it to the cat, and the cat immediately died. Why would they do that? I mean, I get it, but like, why? For cats? (laughs) I mean, they gotta try, they gotta test it somehow. 
Well, after they did this, the entity spoke up and stated, quote, I gave old Jack a big dose of that last night, which fixed him, unquote. So basically admitted to killing him. John Bell's funeral was immense. Many people from the town came out Mm -hmm. to pay respects. I mean, and he had a big family too, so. Mm -hmm. Apparently the entity, Kate, was there as well. I'm sure she was. Um, She supposedly sang loudly at the graveyard. She sang a song about whiskey or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, She sang until all the individuals had left. Um, And then, like, everything kind of died down a little bit. She was still there and then wasn't and then was. And then by the next year, she, she came to Lucy and said... I'll be back in seven years. And then after that, nothing. Did nothing. Seven years later, in 1828, John Bell Jr. stated that Kate had come back and he had a full discussion with her about life, the civilization, Christianity, spiritual awakening, all the things they used to talk about. They had a whole new conversation about it now. Hmm. It promised, once again, the disembodied voice, promised to return once again in 107 years to their descendants, to the closest descendant or something mm-hmm. like that. But um, there have been no, there weren't any signs of the spirit. The guy who was the closest descendant was basically like, I didn't have any problems. Uh, and I think he's dead now. So. Well, 107, so, so 19... Or 1820. Yeah. John Bell died. Yeah. 21, she left Lucy. Yeah. 28, she came back. Yeah. And then 107 years later. Yeah. Which would have been like... 1935? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the person who was the closest descendant... Yeah, it would probably be dead. But I don't probably know who I don't know who it would have been related yeah. to, so I don't know right who it yeah. was. But anyway, so that's um basically the end of the story about her um tormenting this family. Now some say that she hasn't gone away and that she actually resides in a nearby cave that is on the property. Sounds of laughing, moaning, rasping, wheezing, and voices of an old woman can be heard coming from the cave. Those who have visited claim to have been choked, pushed, slapped, or even had their hair pulled. A lot of times animals stay away. People claim to see an old woman walking around the cave. Um, And a lot of people believe that if one is to go and take a stone, like a pebble or a rock from the cave, Mm -hmm. that they'll have really bad luck or even they'll die. Oh, wow. So... Why? I don't know how much I believe that part, just because she never showed herself to anybody. Yeah, no, so seeing the old woman part doesn't... I don't believe that part. Um, I still think she could be on the property. The home was torn down, but there's a replica hmm. um, that was built. So, I mean, it would make sense that maybe she's on the property, but you don't see her as much in the house because yeah. it's not the same house mm-hmm. kind of thing. So... I mean, she did what she said she was going to do. Yeah, she did. And then she left. That was her Mm -hmm. sole purpose in life. So who was she? Why did she torment John Yeah, tell me this. So there are different different beliefs. The main one is that if we're to believe that she was really Kate Batts or whoever this was, Mm -hmm. um, supposedly there's a story 
that an old neighbor of John Bell named Kate Batts or something along those lines mm. thought that she was cheated in a land purchase with him. Mm. And this caused her to swear an oath to haunt John Bell and his, des- and his descendants when she died. Hmm. So a lot of people think that it really was just a spirit out for revenge. But she liked Lucy, so she'll leave Lucy alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was known to get in land disputes. Right, exactly. And that he was in a land dispute over the property line thing with the other guy and his... Um, yeah. Th- and he had so much land, like, who really knows what went on. So this story... And this is his old home, too, mm-hmm. most likely. An old neighbor is yeah. probably the North Carolina home. Well, he lived here for like 13 years. Yeah, but maybe she died and then she oh, died followed, in I mean, he followed him everywhere else. Up. So, yeah. yeah. So, I, I think this one's pretty plausible. Like, a spirit out for revenge. Like, that kind of makes sense to me. He double-crossed somebody and she was just so pissed off that she decided to attack him. Maybe. Other people think that it's a little iffy because she was so hardcore trying to attack Betsy. They were kind of like, why would she attack Betsy? Yeah. So some people think that it wasn't a ghost at all, that it was a person. (laughs) So number two is that Richard Powell might have been behind all the tricks. So Betsy was engaged to Joshua Gardner. Okay. Well, there's another man, Richard Powell, who was their former school teacher, (laughs) who loved Betsy or Betsy was in love with him and some think that he and his friends pulled all these pranks to get especially towards Betsy to get her to break up to get her to break up with Joshua Gardner now a third story is that people thought that it was Betsy herself making all of this up Hmm. so the Saturday Evening Post that was published in 1849, accused Betsy of making it all up for attention. Betsy was so pissed off by this that she threatened legal action if the statements weren't retracted. And in the next edition, a full apology was written out. That was. <laughs> claiming that what they wrote was, like, not factual and things like that. I think it would be tough for a person to pull that off. Because the disembodied voice and all that stuff, like, are they just hiding in the next room over? I think there's almost too many people having experiences where their loved one's voices are mimicked perfectly when no one there knows those people. Right. Like, there's no way that a normal human could do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, the poisoning thing about John Bell, they maybe should have looked more into that, because that could have been, like, an actual person, but I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. There's some things different ways. It's, like, there's so many stories that it doesn't feel like it's humanly possible, but also, are those stories true? Well, he could have done it himself. He could have killed himself. Yeah, that's true, but, like... The General Jackson, like, his stagecoach being stopped, like, was that true? You know what I mean? I don't know. How much of it through the years got blown up? Well, that's another thing. So, a lot of people don't know what to believe because a lot of the stories were written years after Mm -hmm. they were, it happened. Like, the descendants were writing them, like, years and years later. So, they're like, okay, how much do you actually remember? You were nine. You're now 52. Right, exactly. Well, either way, Richard Bell supposedly wrote in his diary, quote, 
Whether it was witchery, such as afflicted people in past centuries and darker ages, whether some gifted fiend of hellish nature practicing sorcery for selfish enjoyment, or some more modern science akin to that of mesmerism, or some hobgoblin native to the wild of the country, or a disembodied soul shut out from heaven, or an evil spirit like those Paul drove out of the man into the swine, setting them mad, or a demon let loose from hell, I am unable to decide. Nor has anyone yet divined its nature or cause for appearing, and I trust this description of the monster in all forms and shapes and of many tongues will lead experts who may come with a wiser generation to a correct conclusion and satisfactory explanation. Oh, well, nope. Now, Richard Bell is his youngest son. Mm -hmm. So when all this happened, he was, like, really, really little, and he didn't have any... Like, he doesn't remember anything. But this is what he wrote about it. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, so no one really knows. Um, There is a Bell Witch Fall Festival, which includes historical displays, live music, storytelling, and acting. So, they actually created basically a play of this. And you can go watch it (laughs) at their festival. (laughs) When is this? Um, the new date wasn't out, but the last one was September of 2019, so I'm assuming it's going to be September 2020. We'll have to look it up. Road trip. Road (laughs) trip. So, you can visit that. You can visit the replica of the home. You can also take tours of the cave. You can go and, like, hear stories. Like, the tour guides will tell you stories. There are several books about the Bell Witch. A lot. And a movie that was made about the Bell Witch haunting called An American Haunting. It was released in 2006. I've not read nor watched either. We should watch that. We should watch it. I don't know. We'll have to try and find it. But it could be interesting. could be scary. So that's basically it. So Hmm. do you think this story is going to keep you up at night? Or do you think you'll still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? Depends on if we watch the movie. I don't think I can handle it. (laughs) It was 2006, though. So we might not be as scared when we watch it now. Oh, oh, oh. You know what movie this reminds me of? The Conjuring? No. It hasn't. We haven't seen it yet. This story kind of reminds me of the movie coming out called The Invisible Man. <gasps> yes. Doesn't it? If you haven't seen the commercials yet, basically The Invisible Man is about a woman who her ex-husband was abusive and he dies and leaves the house to her or she gets the house. Yeah, something like that. And then she starts being attacked and is trying to tell everybody he's still alive. He's just invisible. He found a way to turn himself invisible. Right. But everybody thinks she's crazy. Yeah, and you don't really know if she's crazy or if he's really invisible. Oh, it's so scary. It was a book. It's a famous book, The Invisible Man. But I can't even watch the trailer without getting, like... It's creepy. It gives me, like goosebumps yeah, and the creeps scary. but that's what this kind of reminded me of because i'm like if it's not a ghost and like nobody is there like faking it maybe somebody turned themselves invisible i don't know or she was really small yeah <laughs> thumbelina a little tiny tiny girl <laughs> i guess i don't know if she'd slap them and stuff uh, maybe not oh my goodness what do you think I don't know, because the other thing is, if, so, if one person believes it and thinks it's happening, what if it's mass hysteria? Oh, gosh. I feel like every story we talk about comes back to mass hysteria. Because mass hysteria is something that not enough people care about. But it is scary. And I think Kate Batts, if that's really what her name was, it'd be interesting to see if she was a real person. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Good story. Crazy. Thanks. Really good story. Thanks. Might keep me up a little bit. I think I want to research some more about how we can go to this festival because I think that'd be, <sighs> I think that'd be wild. I don't think like tickets or dates are out yet because it was, uh, there's like a website for it which will be posted with our sources but it still had like the 2019 dates for it. What's so it called? What's the festival called? The Bell Witch Fe- Fall Festival. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. So speaking of sources though. Yeah, I'll post them all on our website, bugandarug.podbean.com. I will post pictures um, on our Instagram, our Facebook, and our Twitter. Instagram and Twitter are at B-I-A-R podcast. Facebook is bugandarug. You can email us. You you can email us, B-I-A-R podcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Have you ever been pinched in the butt by a ghost? Oh. Tweet at us. Have you ever been pinched in the butt by a ghost? Uh, Whitney mentioned sleepwalking, but she wants me to cut it out. But it reminded me of a post that I have to read. I just have to find it really quick. Uh... Okay, so our dad posted a story, a short story about sleepwalking. Which, remind me, send in your stories about sleepwalking. We'll still read them. For sure. For sure. Send us anything about whatever we do. So he put, sometime in the 1980s, I was at my parents' house. I was in high school and my oldest brother was in college living at home. Late one night, I was walking by the blue room, code in my family for strange stuff happening in there, and I heard a noise. My brother was staying in there at the time. The light was on, so I opened the door to say hey. When I opened the door, I found my brother dead asleep and climbing on top of the large dresser. I said his name, and he just gave me a lifeless look with bloodshot eyes. He then went straight back to bed. Funny thing is that a few years earlier, I vaguely remember waking up in the same manner when I was staying in that room. So they sleptwalk and try to crawl on dressers. Dad said that he felt like he, he was like dreaming that he had to... Use the bathroom or something. And he couldn't get to it unless he crawled out. under the yeah. dresser. That's the same room that, you know, they've talked about before. They've woken up and been facing the wall, yeah. like, not the, towards the door. But they heard the door open and someone come in and sit on the edge of the bed. And they, yeah. like, had sleep paralysis and, like, couldn't turn around and look. Yeah. Um, I remembered. So, I went to lunch with my friend Laura the other day. And she said that when she was younger, she, around 10, she started sleepwalking, I yeah. think she said. But her parents had to put beads on her door frame because she would get up and walk out her door. And they had to be able to hear whether or not she <laughs> left her room so they could go make sure she didn't, like, leave the house. No. Yeah. Oh so God. they had to go, like, find her. That's crazy. I thought you were going to say they had to put beads on her. <laughs> like no. She just had to wear, like, she beads. She had to wear a belt around <laughs> yeah, her wrist. I was like, wait, what? No, they just had to make sure oh, that they could crazy. catch her. And she said that uh, her what husband, happens? Ben, now has, like, seen her sleepwalking and sleep talking. Oh, I can't. That's just, like, this. I don't know why that's so freaky to me, but. To just, like, get up and go. Like, yeah. Not me, wild. like, if I were to do it. But if somebody, like, walked into my room or I was sitting out here and you walked out here, I, I'd probably throw a pill at you or something. I've tried. <laughs> Not you, but, I mean, like I said before, it's happened to me, and you just, like, yeah. what do you do? It's scary. Because a lot of times they either don't respond, or if they do, they're so confused when they wake up that right. they don't really know what's happening. Right, right. <sighs> yeah. Still send us your stuff about any of the stories we've talked about. A lot of people, I think, have listened to the Jersey Devil, so if you've ever met him or kissed him, let us know. <laughs> 
This reminds me of the part of <laughs> The Longest Yard where they're like, who are we going to crush? The, the guards. guards. Who, who are we going to kill? kill? The guards. Who, who are we going to kiss? The guards. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> the Longest Yard is such a good It's such a good movie. Underrated. <laughs> Half a star. Half a star. No, check it again. That can't be right. <laughs> I'm going to stab somebody. Get my rep up. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll go. Well? Well? <laughs> Big gulps, huh? Okay. All right, signing off. I'm Caitlin. I'm Whitney. Bye. Sleep tight.